Hello, everyone, and welcome to Monster Hour. I'm Quinn, your GM. With me today are Hannah. Good evening and salutations. This is Hannah, and I play Max the Paradox. Kyle. Hello, I'm Kyle. I play Duncan Oliver, the Vox Sadox. <laughs> Sounds like a dinosaur. The, the, the Voxodon, <laughs> the pair of Vox. I think we did this bit before. Oh, no. <laughs> It's only been 18 episodes. It can't be reusing bits already. Either that or I'm having a really robust outbreak of deja vu. I'm sure I probably did it the last time Hannah went right before me. Actually. Uh. <laughs> and Tio. Hello. I am Tio. I play Constance. The Nope. 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 <laughs> nope. <laughs> no, you did not. No. Not for half no. a year. <laughs> We were just talking about. All right, hold on. What's my character again? It's true. It's 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 Claire. I'm very high. Okay. Claire's not here right now. (laughs) Oh no. Hello, I am T.O. I play Claire Claremont. She is a forgotten vessel. At the risk of keeping this train going, we are going to pick up with Claire <laughs> in the head librarian's office, standing right in front of the void archive, the small, unassuming chest, which in the last episode you determined is actually a vast archive of not only information, but thoughts, stories, and memories. You dipped your pen in and you were able to summon a little bit of information about Rudy last episode. It wasn't the greatest poll. You know, a lot of the information was shrouded in darkness, but you did learn that the bureaucracy's file on codename Rudy stands for none other than the ruinous utter destruction of your Dun dun dun. Claire. Yes. You are still in the library. You could, if you wanted, continue searching through the archive. There is a battle raging outside. You don't really know what's happening with the clunk and X. It's been a while since you checked in on that, but yeah. <laughs> what's the play here? Okay, so just to confirm, is the only thing that came up what Rudy's name is, or is there other info there? Is there like a dossier, essentially? The poll you got was not great, basically. So you saw like the cover of the file folder, mm, for lack mm-hmm. of a better word, but not inside with all the details, because you rolled a mixed success. Right, so I can't like try that again, right? That's you what could I'm if you get. wanted to. Mm. It's probably just risk of attention. Yeah. If you wanted to try again, it would be another role to embrace chaos as you dip back into the void. I'd like to dip back into the void and search for my own name. Can I push myself? Sure. Go ahead and mark one vestige and give me a roll to embrace chaos with three dice and discard the lowest. Oh, that's an 11. Okay. The way we determined this works last time is for each hold, and on a 10 plus you get to hold two, you can roll one gather information check plus entropy as you are leveraging the void to gather information. Uh, Okay, I'm going to try Rudy again first and then I'll do me. So Okay, you grab the void quill and dip it into the reservoir of endless darkness. Give me a roll to gather information plus entropy. (laughs) gonna be a four total on a miss you glean the wrong information or accidentally reveal a secret of your own 
Cool. I think what happens here <laughs> is you try to conjure the information about Rudy, the bureaucracy's dossier on him. That same sort of image or memory almost comes up, but you feel your mind leaking into the void. And what happens is your memory of what you have done here slips in. You haven't forgotten it, but you've basically revealed yourself to the bureaucracy. Mm. They know what has been done here, or they will soon. My hacking has left marks. <laughs> yes, basically. They can figure out and go, that's Claire code right there. <laughs> Again. Basically, yes. <laughs> you kind of like accidentally spilled some of the ink of your mind brain <laughs> in the vast reservoir of ink, and now it's in there and they'll know. Yeah. Yeah. And they're like, what is this? Uh, uh, it has a distinct lavender scent, scent to it. Yeah. Is it lavender? I think it's almost lavender. It's mm. like annoyingly close, but it's not lavender. It's unlavender. It's unlavender. <laughs> Lavendoops. 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 Amazing. Lavendoops. <laughs> All right, one more. That one is a seven. Uh, and this is your search for yourself, right? Yeah. On a seven to nine, you learn something interesting, but it's up to you to make it useful. Claire, you delve once more into the void, searching this time for information on yourself. And I think once again, we see the opening page of your dossier. It's got the basic summary of you and your business entrepreneurships. It has information about the history of your disappearance. But I think the most interesting thing that you see is what amounts to like a bureaucratic murder board. Yeah, that's right, listeners. I love murder boards. Get used to it. <laughs> We're back. And it's all strung together with thick, shiny red tape, not dissimilar to the tendrils from Sam the Juror. You see yourself connected to several other figures in town. Most notably, there's a picture, like a pinup picture of Mina. There's a pinup picture of Max and a pinup picture of Walker. And above all four of you, you see a spindle of red tape trailing to Rudy's file. And the title on top of this murder board is, How Do We Stop Them? Is it a good picture of me? <laughs> like, is it <sighs> one from the website? No. Ah! Oh! It's an aggressively mediocre picture of you. Oh! What would I have to roll to change it? <laughs> oh my Nothing. god. Nothing. You can't from here. <laughs> you would have to venture forward into none other than the Department of Licensing, the most oh. unhallowed <laughs> catacomb of the bureaucracy. They say if you want to prolong your life, you go to the Department of Licensing because a minute there feels like 10 hours. <laughs> this vision is jarred away as a loud crash reverberates against the door to the head librarian's office. Cool. I look up what's happening. Something very heavy has hit the door. Oh, okay. I, I didn't know if it was like someone barging in or something. Seems like they're trying. They're okay. They're trying, but they haven't managed it yet. I step away from the void disgusted. Natch. Mm-hmm. Is there a window? It's the head librarian's office. I assume they, well, actually, I shouldn't assume they like light. Actually, there is one window at the top of the spire where the telescope, which I mentioned last time, appears to view out of. Okay. 
first I'm going to take a photo of the void. With what? With my phone. Your phone shatters into like <laughs> ah. 200 pieces. Ah! It was still screaming from when you took a picture of the rip into hell. And ah! now when you yeah. take a picture of the void, it shatters and explodes. Oh no, how are you going to post content? Relax. I pull out of my boot my backup iPhone 4. <laughs> you got to make sure that things look good on every kind of phone. Oh, phone. The, yes. Uh, wait. That sounds a little spicy. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> you oh, got to have an old phone to make sure that things look good on all screen sizes. You know, I'm going to take a photo, not of the void of myself in the librarian's office with like a big smile. Okay. I don't hear anything bad happening <laughs> to me no. as I do this. Okay. I got to check, apparently. Oh, fair, fair. No, nothing yeah. bad happens. Okay. The phone gives us a, a little whimper. <laughs> and I sploot that photo out with the caption. I might be able to save you the trouble. You attempt to sploot and you get a message that says, failed to send. I will do it when I get out of here then. Fine. Yeah, the head librarian's office is not sploot friendly. <laughs> Library sucks for Claire. Yeah, this is why I don't go here. Yeah. This is why you don't have me on your side, librarian. Horrible reception, no free Wi-Fi. Yeah. All right. I lick the librarian's desk okay. as a sign of protest, and then... Roll um, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> God damn it. You keep licking stuff. No, no. Uh, you lick the desk. You leave like a thin sheen of saliva. Quinn. I have an important question. Yes. Okay. Uh, what does the desk taste like? Mm. Uh, varnish. No, come on. It's got to taste like the crying uh, <laughs> tears of fourth graders doing their research project or something. It's a head librarian's desk. It tastes like a moment of absolute perfect levity from your childhood that you can never recapture. <gasps> Ooh, that's kind of nice. Okay. Claire is making a mental note to go back and steal this desk and make it into <laughs> pencils or something to sell. Anyway, slamming on the door, can't sploot, terrible situation. I'm going to try to get out through the window. Is there a library ladder in the head librarian's office? Oh, you know there is. <laughs> of course. Okay, I'm going to do that. You slide the ladder over and you begin climbing. As you do, the resolute oak door splinters and then shatters, and the wiry, spindly frame shrouded in a cowl of darkness, two glowing white eyes beneath the hood of the head librarian, stoops under the doorway and into the office, immediately reaching a hand out towards you. I would like to make a jump for the skylight window. I could see this being a save your skin or a face fear. I think it's save my skin. Yeah. So give me a roll plus wits. Although face fear would have been way better for me. <laughs> just just game mechanics. Uh, I was trying to give you a little leeway, but I think you're right. I think it's a save your skin. Yeah, I don't think I'm scared of the head library. I should be, but I'm just not. Oh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Double ones. But since I have a minus one wit, that is just a one. Oh, God. <laughs> Yikes. On a miss, you might find yourself in an even worse predicament. Cool. You leap 
and you hear a rustling sound as two enormous leather-bound pages erupt from the librarian's back like a pair of wings, and it takes flight. And just as you grab hold of the window to try to wrench it open, the head librarian grabs hold of you. You can feel where its fingernails should be. Instead are quill points. Gross. And I'm going to have you mark one essence uh, as you start <laughs> to feel woozy and the memory of what has transpired here starts to slip away from you. Quinn, I'm going to go ahead and tell you that I have uh, completed my essence track. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, so I blip out. I mean, you get to narrate this. It feels like what happens is the head librarian gets you. Oh, yeah. I think it could be the head librarian has gotten me and I'm imagining like they grabbed me and essentially scooped me up into their hand King Kong style and I go wherever they want me to go or whatever. Library you know, whatever. jail. <laughs> yeah, library. <laughs> the, I was about to say the stocks. That's not right. The There's, archives. The archives, yeah. <laughs> You're going to go down where the microfiche machines are. Uh, yeah, you go to the, the computer lab. <laughs> As you are drug back down to the floor of the head librarian's office, you slip into the inky abyss. Let's jump to Duncan and Max. Duncan and Max, you are standing on the beach yep. by the bay, by mm -hmm. the lighthouse. You are accompanied by giant Jeremy Dunlap, mm -hmm. Solar, the Moonslayer, and Jackie. <laughs> giant Jeremy Dunlap has just pointed out to you that the Klonkanax is now large enough that it is cresting over buildings in somewhere. So you would estimate that it's probably about 30 feet tall now. Yeesh. Well, we've got a team of superstars here. We've got Jackie, Solar, Jeremy. Does Jeremy understand precariousness of our situation? That somewhere is yeah. in trouble and we're looking for a hero? I'm holding out for a hero. All right, so let me get this straight. You want me to go fight the giant golden effigy of yourselves that you made to commemorate the thing you did with the school? Am I getting that right? Yeah. Jeremy, I would like you to look at this as an opportunity and not a problem. I mean, we know you're strong. We know you're fast. Uh-huh. Pretty fresh. Give me a roll to call for aid. Which one of us? Either one of you. Do we know what the faction is? That's a great question. If it's Jeremy, his community. Well, he was community. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. He's my rival. So if it's roll with the Jeremy faction, like, should we add another row here that's just Jeremy Dunlap? <laughs> no. If if Jeremy shifts factions, I'm not going to do it now. Go ahead and give me a roll with community. You should do that. I already owe community a debt, and I have negative one. I owe Sebastian an interview. Someone's got to do it. Jeremy, your brewery is under attack. That's a seven. On a hit, they'll provide what you need in exchange for a debt, and on a seven to nine, they either demand payment up front or only have a lesser version of what you need. I'll do an ad read. Do an ad read for a whole month. Mm. You got one 30-second spot, top of the hour, for a whole month. Host ad read. I want you to read it. <sighs> Not Sebastian. You, Duncan. Duncan, 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 you, Duncan. 
The alternative is that there's no somewhere. And if there's no somewhere, there's no radio show for you. Yeah, I'll do it. Yeah, yeah, of course. All right. Read your ad for normal brewing. And you're riding with me. And he picks Duncan up again by the scruff of his jacket and sets him down (laughs) on his shoulder, Iron Giant style. I, I hold on for dear life to his rather mundane shirt collar. Yeah. You like weave a little like belt from the fabric, the little threads. There's yeah. certainly yeah. no collar stay or shirt stay. In no, there. no, it's wrinkly as hell. It's like curled in on itself. Uh-huh. This way, if something happens to me, I won't be the only one going down. Sure. Or another way to think about it is now I can be eyes in the back of your head for any surprises because we're a team. We're a team now. Sounds good. We got to work together on this one as a community. Wink. All right. Am I still on the ground? Yeah. Okay. Well, do you want up too? Do you want to ride on my other shoulder? It was like a punishment for Duncan, but if you, if you want to <laughs> ride on my is, shoulder. Yes, I, yes, yes, please. And I do, uh, Gwen. <laughs> yeah. I go, uppies, uppies. <laughs> uh, all right. Okay. Uh, Jeremy picks you up and puts you on his other shoulder. <laughs> And now Solar and Jackie are like shouting up at you. Yeah, us too. Five stories up. <laughs> on Jeremy's shoulders. <laughs> he picks Jackie and Solar up and puts them on his shoulders. Solar yes. with yes. Duncan, Jackie with yep. Max. Yes. Yep. We've almost yes. made the somewhere ultra. <laughs> we just need to find Claire to pilot the torso. <laughs> Is Claire part of this whole thing too? Uh, originally. She was splooting in the library like an hour or two ago. Oh, what? You get her splutes? Yeah, they're funny sometimes. Yes. And sometimes they're really bad, and that's also <laughs> funny. I'm just going to interject that I don't care where Claire is. She gets like a little tinge to her ear because someone is this talking is, about her splute. This is, the, this is what causes you to wake up. <laughs> <laughs> what? Oh, a bad review. <laughs> Elsewhere and somewhere, Claire's eyes flutter. Yes. Also, while we're outside, there might be a cat. (laughs) You see crawling out of Jeremy's ear uh, a cat. (laughs) It's the time cat. Yeah, it was previously microscopic. (laughs) Yeah. And now it's grown with Jeremy to be a normal sized cat. It's like his cat might. You know, at first you think it's a cat, but then you realize it's actually a water bear. Oh, God. Ah, oh, it's a tardigrade. It's the time. Yep. It's, it's the time tardigrade. Time grade. The time grade. Yep. Yep. The four of you are now riding atop Jeremy Dunlap's shoulders. I think he pulls up the lifeguard tower and kind of hefts it a couple times. He's like, it's uh, not as good as a nice metal baseball bat, but it should do the trick. Just be careful of collateral damage. There's a lot of houses down there. What? And he swings. No. Ah! Like, what's the plan exactly here? I'm just going to, like, Godzilla Mothra this thing? I would love to get it out of somewhere. <laughs> what What do you mean? Uh, hmm. We could throw it into True. the screaming fog. Yeah, I think you could pick it up. I know it's, like, solid gold or whatever, but, I mean, you have kegs around all the time. A solid gold of beer... This is totally outside my normal consciousness of my own abilities here. Uh, I'm not really, I, I, I couldn't really tell you. I'd have to give it a try. Well, tally-ho. Okay, we're not going to like make a plan or anything. We're just going to like go fight it. Okay, sounds good. And he starts lumbering into town. 
Quinn, is this you wanting us to make a plan? <laughs> no, this is Jeremy just thinking that you should have a plan. <laughs> oh, are, are you sure? Are you sure this is Quinn not going like, hey, guys, you might want to have a plan? I know you don't like to plan. No, I, Quinn, gave up on you all having a plan <laughs> months, it's... perhaps years ago. <laughs> Listen, as we lumber towards the Clunkin' Act, Duncan pulls out his little box of protective envelopes from the bank of where you put value to protect it and not let it get stuck to itself and he looks at the 30 foot clunkin axe and he looks back at the tiny collection of envelopes that he has in his hands it's as good a plan as any i guess we're gonna need a bigger envelope jeremy begins lumbering forth through town you can see he's still taller than the clunkin axe but it seems girthier it's more akin to like an elephant or a rhino something like that and jeremy is on an intercept course as the clunkin axe begins surging Yeah, not even through. It's now moving over Main Street, demolishing buildings underneath it. And you can see it is headed for City Hall. Uh Uh-oh. Huh. Has it smooshed up the bank? No. Hmm. I wonder if the bank is not unlike a giant envelope. How big is a vault that I've seen in the bank? (laughs) Not not as big as the (laughs) Clunkanax. You would recall you asked Mina about the relative sizes of currency collections in town. Mm -hmm. The third largest was the back alley market. The Mm -hmm. second largest was City Hall and the largest was the first bank of somewhere. I see. So it has smooshed up the market and it's heading to number two. Yes. All right. Let's make sure it doesn't get there. I wag my finger at it as we walk towards it. Okay. Jeremy strides over houses, little petite craftsman, which you all look down on as he goes. And in just a few short minutes, he has arrived in front of City Hall. The Clunkanax may be a minute away. In front of City Hall, you can see gathered an assemblage of bureaucrats, more than I think you've ever seen in any place at a given time. There is a phalanx of code compliance officers, all of them with their red tie swords drawn. Behind them are a battery of accountants, their suits freshly ironed. You can see they're carrying reams and reams of printer paper on which are printed countless ledgers and balance sheets, and the numbers are beginning to glow as you approach. Behind them are a handful of what you can only assume to be economists. You've never seen them in your life, although they are rumored to reside deep within the bowels of City Hall. Yikes. Finally, at the front entrance to City Hall, you see a person who I don't think you have ever seen or recognized, but it would be fair to guess is the city finance director, Bowie. Whoa. I mean, we're on an intercept course on Jeremy. Jeremy's got the lifeguard tower, and our current plan is to try to redirect the clunkin' axe or, like, chuck it into the fog. I think the troops outside of City Hall look at you all as you approach, and when Jeremy kind of comes to a stop, they all collectively shrug and look back towards the Clunkin' Axe. Don't worry, we have this completely under control. Duncan, 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 Hmm? Duncan. Hmm. Under promise, over deliver, not the other way around. What? I learned this the hard way in the French Revolution. Who are the French? We see the sun shadowed as the two of you are having this conversation. As the clunkin' axe bursts forth from the last line of 
residential and commercial structures propelled upward into a parabolic arc by its writhing mass of golden appendages, its heads spinning until it lands on Duncan's enormous face, now the size of a Mack truck, as it descends towards you and your giant friend. Can I try to give inspiration to Jeremy? This is not d and I know. <laughs> I just I, like a whisper in his ear be like, look at that big dumb face. You hate that face, don't you? Don't you just wish you, wanted, you could just punch that? Look, it's your opportunity. Big, golden, dumb Duncan face. Oh, Duncan! And the titans clash as Jeremy swings the lifeguard stand with all of his might, connecting square in the middle of the Klunkanax, and a tidal wave of hogs, gold doubloons, and sundry valuable items <laughs> erupts and surges over the assembled bureaucracy as the Klunkanax splits briefly in two before colliding with Jeremy and falling upon him viciously. Everyone give me... Oh, oh boy. boy. Dexterity uh -huh. saving. The no, dang it. <laughs> Give me a roll to face fear as you try to stay on board. Gold doubloons raining down on you. Ah, uh, well, that's a seven. Six. Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> on a seven to nine, the GM will offer you a worse outcome, a hard choice, or a price to pay. Max, the surface of Jeremy's body is assailed by a fusillade of miscellaneous currency, some simple pogs, others large hunks of gold, all of which are propelled at a unpleasant velocity. Mm -hmm. I think you can keep your hold, but you're going to take some damage. You can keep your hold, but Jackie is going to get blown off of Jeremy's body. Or you can shield Jackie from the worst of the damage, but you will be knocked away. Follow-up question before I make my decision. Will Jackie die if she falls off of Jeremy? Jackie won't die, but she'll be out of the fight. I think Jackie's going to get knocked off. Okay. What does this look like? Do you, like, burrow into Jeremy's flannel? <laughs> 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 I see the tardigrade gripping on for dear life, and I follow suit, and Jackie just a moment too late realizes that she also needs to be grasping onto that delightfully soft flannel of somebody who's worn this for many years. Jeremy's no poser. Jeremy's flannel is authentic. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and we see Jackie blown from Jeremy's shoulder and she goes flying end over end towards the ground, followed shortly by Duncan Oliver. Oh dear. Duncan, go ahead and take three harm. Woof. Yeah, I say I definitely was distracted because Duncan had started filming. <laughs> yeah, it's a wicked shot. You gotta. And now he's filming a fall. <laughs> uh, three, you said? Three. Uh-oh. Yes. I'm full. I would strongly recommend marking an essence then to avoid oh, yes. all harm from a single attack. That's, I will definitely do that. As Jeremy staggers backwards from this blow, almost like a cape, he sweeps his loose flannel out and it catches oh. you halfway <laughs> down on your fall. Oh, yeah. love it. And Jeremy says, Duncan, you're not going to die before you cut that ad for me. I want to hear you say it. I spend integrity to catch a ride on his flapping flannel and... I probably end up down on the ground. I like go flannel, tree, bounce off the top of a carnivorous plant and roll off onto the ground. Winded for sure. But you did manage to avoid the damage. 
Jeremy goes staggering backwards as the Klunkanax is upon him, rending viciously with its countless appendages as Duncan's enormous gilded face takes a huge chunk out of Jeremy's shoulder. Yeah. Sorry. The bureaucracy below begins to rapidly work to try to contain the spray of wealth that has showered the steps of City Hall. And they're able to capture some of it, but unfortunately, that's a lot of money down there. And it starts forming into smaller amalgamations of wealth. And shortly, the assembled forces of City Hall are in a vicious, violent melee with amoebas and pseudopods of gold and pogs fighting for their very lives. Yikes. Max. Uh Uh-huh. We hear a thunderclap overhead as the clouds begin to gather and mound up, turning from a doughy white to gray to black. And the economy begins to trickle down. Uh-oh. Oh, no! Oh, Quinn! <laughs> oh, I hate it. <laughs> hey, folks, Quinn here. Thanks so much for tuning in to episode 18 of Monster Hour Absurdia. Will I ever grow tired of metaphorizing the economy? No. The gang better stop me or this is all we're doing this season. As always, I want to thank everyone who's been helping to spread the word about the show by leaving us a rating and review, giving us a shout on social media, and recommending the show to a friend. Just like the Somewhere Voltron, we become more powerful with each new listener that's attached to the show. So if you haven't already, do your part to help us become a conglomerated, economy-killing giant. Help spread the word. I want to give a special shout out this week to the newest members of WSOM's Eternal Pledge Drive, John, Rain, and Arthur Vell West. Thank you to all of our patrons for supporting the show and helping us bring you awesome bonus content. Content like our very first NPC Origins episode of Season 2 that we posted last week, Stafford Hour. Ian, our fabulous editor and the GM of the excellent Monster of the Week podcast, Shrimp and Crits, joined me for a gritty suburban noir starring everyone's favorite camera-headed investigator. If that sounds rad as hell, and you cannot convince me that it doesn't, you can check it out by heading to patreon.com slash monsterhour or following the link in the show notes. Our community spotlight this week is another participant in our surreal Big Brother actual play running over on Instagram, Snyder's Return. Snyder's Return delivers a one-two punch of content featuring both interviews with indie TTRPG creators and short actual play campaigns using a variety of systems. Snyder's Return is a tabletop roleplay interview and actual play podcast We chat with content creators from both mainstream and indie publishers, and we release actual play episodes of systems like our City of Mist game, Meddlers, Monsters and Madmen, and more games coming in the future. We also have a TTRPG review show on YouTube, Fly Like a D6. Come and check us out. You can find us on Twitter, at ReturnSnyder, Instagram, Snyder's underscore return, You can find us on YouTube at Snyder's Return, Discord, and everywhere you get your podcasts. That's all we've got for you this week, dear listeners. Tune in March 7th for the next broadcast of WSOM. Radio Somewhere. Claire. Quit. You awaken on the steps of the Somewhere Public Library. 
Your clothes are dusty and disheveled. In your hand, there is a wilted and desiccated root. And as you come to, you hear the faintest whisper on your lips saying, well, that was a bummer. Did you not get what you wanted? That wasn't Walker. That was another voice. Oh, okay, sorry. Rudy? Claire, you gain a fracture as a result of running out of essence. Do you know what your fracture is going to be? I sure do, Quinn, because I'm always prepared. (laughs) Listeners, we spent several minutes talking about this before. (laughs) We jumped back in. (laughs) Because I had forgotten what it was. Because I'm a fan of our characters and of your player. Well, he never said he's a fan of the players. He's a fan of the characters. That's yes. not one of the principles. <laughs> Probably should be. I'm going to make a note. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, good editorial ad. I am ready. What is your fracture? For listeners who may not remember, I already have a fracture, and it is severe FOMO. So <laughs> I think a good one would be unexpected vertigo. This may seem like a strange one, but I have actually had Tio, the player, I've had this happen before where I just like walk and turn a corner and go, whoop, nope, and there's just nothing you can do for a minute. So yeah, I think for someone who likes to always pretend to have the answer to everything and sashay her way through life as if nothing ever bothers her and she's always perfect and everything's always perfect, I think it's nice to have a little reality check. So, Claire, as you attempt to get to your feet, you almost immediately are overcome by a sensation that suddenly the ground isn't quite where it's supposed to be, or certain parts of the ground aren't where it's supposed to be. You look one moment, and it's six inches taller or shorter, and you are struck with an intense feeling of vertigo. What move are you assigning this fracture to? I am assigning it to facing fear, which is why this is narratively very intriguing to me. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yeah, so you struggle to get your bearings. This new fracture, this new condition is not aided by the fact that the ground is truly shaking because (laughs) there is a clash of the titans taking place just outside of City Hall, not a football field's length away from you, where a enormous man, who I think you quickly recognize as Jeremy Dunlap, is in close combat with the now 30-foot-tall Klunkanax, the golden avatar of you, Duncan, and Max. What do you do? Mm. Well, first I pull out my shoe phone. Do I have reception now? Your what? My shoe phone, the phone that was in my shoe. Well, remember there's no phone service in somewhere because using the wireless network or Wi-Fi opens passageways to the flayed beyond. So you can sploot if you want. Well, that, that's what I meant by reception, like sploot reception. Okay. Yeah. Sure. You're splooted up. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and Full send that, that library photo along yeah. with... I think that photo's gone. <sighs> Sorry. Uh, They wiped your devices. (sighs) You do remember what you saw. Okay. But yeah, I think think your phone is wiped. Okay. I send a text sploot that says, I heard a rumor that the somewhere librarians have a file on you and everyone you love. Just food for thought. (laughs) I'm just asking questions. Cause a little chaos. Uh, Let everyone know what's up. 
by now I've like kind of calmed down for a minute. I look, I see ginormous Jeremy. Do I notice everyone that's on Jeremy? I'm not anymore. Why don't you give me a roll to assess reality as you sort of come to grips with the situation? Okay. I don't know if they look too small to be noticeable or... Let's see what you glean. I've rolled a five. Ooh. I'm not very good at assessing reality. Been a low roll day too. It really has. I don't think you see any figures mounted on Jeremy. I think the scene is moving too quickly and it's too chaotic. I don't think you're able to really glean anything, unfortunately. Okay, well then Claire is going to Claire, so I'm going to run up and bite Jeremy in the leg. Jeremy? I don't know exactly what's happening. <laughs> Can't you see that it's attacking the Clunkinax? Yeah, but it's also a ridiculously big Jeremy. I don't Claire know. Claire kind of likes the Clunkinax, don't forget. <laughs> <laughs> I oh just, there's okay. no reason for me to assume that it's on my side. Also, I'm not sure that biting uh, me as a tiny person in comparison is going to be anything more than at least notification that I exist there. And I think that's <laughs> yeah. probably the, my best bet right now. Can your teeth get through the giant thick Carhartt pants that he's definitely <laughs> wearing from his brewery? <laughs> so, Claire, you run down the street, cross through a couple alleyways, leap over a chain link fence, and then you are on the lawn of City Hall where you see a scene of monetary mayhem. <laughs> the steps of City Hall and the lawn of City Hall are covered with small amalgamations, which while some of them appear like little amoebas or just kind of like amorphous blobs, others start to look like smaller versions of the Clonkinax. Mm. Oh no. Jeez. They are in a pitched battle with a large assembly of the bureaucracy, and it doesn't seem to be going exceedingly well. Hmm. I think as you run towards Jeremy's leg, you see a handful of these mini clunks start to <laughs> move towards you. Oh my God. And at this point, I'm going to call the party united. Uh -huh. Sure. We did it. <laughs> Yay, we did it. So. This is the scene. There is a battle raging between the forces of City Hall and the mini clunks. The Clunkanax and Giant Jeremy are exchanging blows, the amalgamation landing ferocious strikes ripping into Jeremy's body while he heaves the lifeguard tower at it, knocking loose sprays of valuables, which seems to worsen the situation on the ground, although the Clunkanax does shrink a bit as he does so. Okay. Mm. What do the three of you do? Well, I'm still on Jeremy's shoulder, so mm -hmm. maybe I'm trying to offer words of encouragement like a general, except Max, even in the many lifetimes that she has lived, has never served as a general. <laughs> okay, so you've like jumped up into Jeremy's ear and you're like whispering words of encouragement to him. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yes. If it's having an impact, I don't know that you can tell. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to try to find Jackie. Yeah, Duncan, I think you see sort of at the edge of the municipal lawn, Jackie is out freaking cold. She yeah. is unconscious. That sounds about right. You basically fell out of a building. Yep. Yeah. I would like to just kind of try to rush through the melee to get over there and check on her and render aid if needed. I don't think I'll make you roll because she's at the edge of the fray here. You jump past a few mini clunks and reach Jackie with relative ease. She is alive. She is unconscious and probably has quite a few broken bones. Dang. Okay. She's out of the fight. Yeah, out of the fight. I'll just take a moment to make sure that she's not in a dangerous position. 
Do I see Duncan as he's doing this? I think so, yeah. It's a chaotic scene, but mm -hmm. Claire, I think you know somehow that Max and Duncan will be here, and so <laughs> yeah. you are rightly keeping an eye on the two of them. Yeah. I'm going to run over as well, then. Claire! Duncan! Where, uh, what, how, how, how has your day been? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? We'll get to it later, but bad. Very bad. Is Jackie okay? I think Jackie's all right. We just got to get her out of the way of these little mini clunks. Oh, we're, go we're going with mini clunks. Okay. Yeah. Sure, sure. Yeah. I assume Max is around here somewhere. Duncan points up to the shoulder of Jeremy Dunlap. Uh, the, so sorry, the ear <laughs> of Jeremy Dunlap. And there's like the bottom half of Max sticking out. Oh. <laughs> yeah, you see a small figure resting on Jeremy's lobe. Oh, I missed our Voltron moment. Dang. Okay. All right. Something tells me we might have another opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm going to help you carry Jackie out of the way. Do we encounter any issues carting her off to the side of this deal? No. Okay. We're probably going to want to get back on top of Jeremy, right? Yeah. This might sound like an insensitive question, Claire. I was going to ask Jackie. And it was maybe insensitive there too. But I was wondering, and it's okay, you can say yes without saying yes. Do you know how one might go about laundering money? <laughs> <laughs> I put a hand on Duncan's shoulder and I go, you've come to the right place. Okay, now I have to think about what this would mean in, in physical practice. I think in the meantime, while we're discussing and talking about things, Duncan's just going to start using the envelopes, any little piece, any bits of gold that hasn't started attacking that he might be able to fit. He's going to slip it in an envelope and leave it there. Okay. There's definitely some pogs and gold doubloons. We haven't established a lot of other currency, but, you know, there's a pair of tickets to the Unzu. You snap those up. There's a lot of mini clunks, but there's mm -hmm. also just some loose currency that's still getting re-amalgamated, mm -hmm. so to speak. You snap that up. Every little bit helps. It's mm -hmm. the tool I got. <laughs> Claire, you still have that bimble sploot, right, from the auction? Yeah, yeah. Still got that bimble sploot. I am nervous that you're asking me about it, but go ahead. I know you like to write your own messages, but... Oh, no, I do sponsored content all the time. Oh, great. <laughs> we need as many people as we can to come here and remove money. Like, there's too much money in one spot is the big issue. Jeremy's doing the best he can. All that seems to be doing is making more little monies, but that's something that we can handle. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We need to send a call out and get as many people as we can to come here and take money. Okay, yeah, I got it. Claire takes a sploot photo of her and Duncan smiling with a bag of money. Handful of envelopes. <laughs> Handful of envelopes and goes, limited time offer for the first 100 people to show up at City Hall with all of their best totes and collect as many of the geocaching cash we have here. You will get an exclusive two-day freebie code for Claire's website wow act now okay thanks bye <laughs> hearts and kisses claire give me a call for aid with community this isn't just using my bimble sploot i still gotta do work your bimble sploot i think lets you get this message out without using duncan's can't stop the signal sure the resource that you're using here is strength in numbers one of community's resources 
Oh, that's going to be an eight. Okay. On a hit, they'll provide what you need in exchange for a debt. And on a seven and a nine, they'll either demand payment up front or have a lesser version of what you need. So, Claire, this message goes out across town. We see it extrude from bulletin boards, and we see followers' eyes light up with your words. And in an aerial view, we see community members begin to gingerly, tenderly leave the safety of their homes with all manner of bags and and other sort of storage devices. I think the mixed success here is going to be that, one, these aren't First Bank of Somewhere sanctioned Mm. containment items, so uh, there might be a little bit of fallout from that. Two, it's just going to take a little bit of time for everyone to get here. Sure. But yeah, the message goes out, and you owe a debt to community, or you will when all of this is done. (laughs) I think Claire owes a lot of debts to community. (laughs) Y'all owe a lot of debts. (laughs) Add (laughs) it to the list. You've been factioning it up. (laughs) We need help Um, this adventure. (laughs) Yeah. As that message goes out, there is another thunderclap overhead. And over the din of battle, you hear Bowie, the city finance director, scream, It's a recession! Oh no! Oh no! When, uh, I feel like you're hitting a little too close to home. Not again! Sorry. Max goes, oh my god. It's my 20th recession. (laughs) Jesus.